Welcome to the Way Fellowship Church of Dallas podcast series. Please enjoy this message by our own senior pastor, Tavares Gardner. First Corinthians. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First Corinthians 12, what? Oh, wait a minute. Look at me. Touch your neighbor said it's on the way. <laughs> Did y'all see that lineup though? Ryan Lestrange, Kimberly McNutt, Greg House, uh, who else? Bev Tucker, Apostle Pagani, uh, Kimberly McNutt, I think that's it. Ryan Lestrange. All right, y'all. And me. Uh, y'all. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Uh, Cyber Monday is tomorrow. You better get them while you can. Uh, people are already buying tickets. Uh, she looked at the thing like people out of state already bought tickets. Out of state. So uh, Dallas, don't let out of state folks beat y'all because these folks are coming from all over the states. To Dallas on March the 20, March the 19th through the 22nd. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're gonna have some teaching. We're gonna have some demonstration. And uh, uh, Kimberly McNutt, she is so excited. Uh, Bev Tucker is excited, and my friend, he's very excited. He shared the flyer before we even posted. I'm like, Pagani, why? Chill out. So Apostle uh, Alexander Pagani will be here with us, and we're so excited. He is very excited about coming to the way. He loves, when he comes to Dallas, he loves to come to the way. And so uh, we're so excited about that. And so we're just, everybody named Mama going to be here. All right. We're working on next gen. Uh, everything should be finalized in a few weeks, and we're going to have next gen for our teenage people back there. Amen. And so uh, we'll have that up and coming in a few weeks, in a few days. Amen? All right. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, we'll start at 28, and then you put your finger in Ephesians 4, chapter 11. All right? And God has appointed these in the church. What are they? First who? Second what? Third what? Go back to the first. What's first? What's second? What's third? Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Who's first? Who helped, who, found, who helped found the church of Jesus Christ? The apostles and who? All right. Who, are, who, uh, who, was, who is the chief apostle? Ooh, y'all smart. I'm going to give y'all a brownie. Jesus Christ is the chief apostle, and he is the, what is he over, over the church? We are the, Body. Jesus is the, Head. we are the, Body. Jesus is the who, Head. Jesus is the chief, cornerstone and chief of the what? It ain't no trick question, the church. 
Everybody say the church. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. All right, Ephesians 4 and 11. And he himself, talking about Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Let's read on for the, oh, Lord, for the equipping of the who? For the work of ministry. For the edifying, I'm reading from the New King James, everybody get there if you got it. For the equipping of the who? For the work of what? Ministry. For the edifying. So the apostle, prophets, and, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers, what are they supposed to do? Equip the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So we still got work to do, right? Because all of us have not come into the unity of the faith. Am I correct on that? And all of us have not, all of us don't have the knowledge of the Son of God. Am I correct? To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Am I right? Till we all come into the what? The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, 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 don't stop there. That we no longer should be children. Maybe y'all, maybe y'all missed that. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting till we no longer should act as children. So until we grow up, until we come into the unity of the faith, we got a lot of work to do. And we need all five to help the church grow up. I wish you would touch your neighbor and say, it's time for the church to grow up. The church is not this building, but touch your neighbor and say, you are the church. And it's time for you to grow up. You've been sucking on milk too long. It's time to eat some meat. If, you've been, if you're still sucking on meat, it's time you are spiritually retarded. And we have a lot of spiritually retarded saints in the body of Christ, and they have not grown up. Now, I know that once we get saved, there, there, you know, we have, you know, there's a process. There's a process. But you got to get up under some good teaching to help you grow. Ten years from now, you shouldn't be still the same. I wish I had. Touch your neighbor said, ten years from now, you should not be the same. You should not be in the same level of faith as you are now. Ten years, you should be matriculating up. I can't hear nobody say nothing right there. Touch your neighbor said, you should be going up. All right, y'all can be seated. I mean, that really got me right there. We should no longer be children. No longer be children. Then it not after, so after children, they said tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine. You've got to know your Bible so you won't be tricked by the enemy. Let me tell you something. How many of you know that the enemy knows your Bible more than you know it? 
and the enemy can use and, 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 and break apart scripture and make it sound like it's truth. I wish I had a church in here. How many know that the enemy knows your Bible? I told you all them other religions know your Bible more than the saints know their own Bible. The Jehovah's Witness know, the, know your Bible more than you know your Bible. Touch your neighbor and say, that's an indictment against God. No longer be tossed as children. No longer tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine. You hear a new doctrine, you want to go study it. If it ain't Jesus Christ, I don't want to hear it. I wish I had somebody in here. Let's jump on into apostolic dimension. Everybody say apostolic dimension. A dimension is defined as the measure in length. You might want to write this down. A dimension is defined as the measure of in length, width, and thickness. A dimension, again, is defined as the measurement in length, width, and thickness. Everybody say length, width, and thickness. It is the proportion, extent, range, scope, or weight of a thing. It is the proportion, extent, range, scope, or weight of a thing. Holy Spirit, help me teach. The apostolic dimension, therefore, is the measure of the apostolic anointing that is flowing through an individual believer or corporate assembly. The apostolic dimension, therefore, is a measure of the apostolic anointing that is flowing through an individual believer or corporate body. I mean, to know that if you're saved and you were baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you are an apostolic Christian. Because Jesus was an apostle. Did y'all not say that Jesus is the chief apostle? Now touch your, if Jesus was sent into the earth and you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, touch your neighbor and say, then I'm an apostolic Christian. I'm not just saved to be saved and just get out of hell, but I'm saved to do a work for Jesus Christ in this earth realm because he has sent me into the earth to reconcile man back to God. I can't hear nobody say nothing. Touch a neighbor said that means you are of a sent one. You are of a sent race, and you are supposed to reconcile man back to God. I can't hear nobody. You are to influence the culture, not to in, not the culture influence you. I wish I had a church in here. Touch your neighbor and say, we are to influence the culture with the kingdom of God and not let the kingdom of this world influence the church. There is a problem in the body of Christ because we're trying to draw the world and we're using the world tactic to draw sinners into the world. Jesus never compromised his salvation. Jesus never compromised who he was to come down to fit your standards. You have to come up to his standard. I can't hear nobody. Why y'all not talking back to me? Touch your neighbor and say, you got to come up to where he is. He don't have to stoop down. Come on here. Why is the church stooping down to the world to get the folks to come in? When you operate in power, signs, wonders, and miracles, hallelujah, how many know that that will draw the sinners into the house of the Lord? That would, come on, read your book in the book of, in the book of Acts, hallelujah. It was the power of God that drew people to Christ. And the reasons why we got to have fake smoke because we ain't got the Holy Ghost for real. Reason the church has to use so much trickery, got to get you bicycles, got to get you video games to come into the house of God because we ain't got no real power. If we had real power, we ain't got to use no tricks and games to get you to come into the house of the Lord. 
I wish I had a church in here. Because if I got to give you a bicycle and an Xbox to come to church, then I got to keep tricking you to keep coming. And the house of God ain't no trick-or-treat center. Touch your neighbors, ain't no trick-or-treating here. Some of y'all ain't said nothing. Touch your neighbors, ain't no trick-and-treating here. We got the Holy Ghost for real here. If you're going to roll with me, hallelujah, then you're going to get saved, you're going to get delivered, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Why y'all not talking back to me? I want the real Christian to stand up and say, and say, hallelujah, it's time for the Christian, for the apostolic Christian to come out of the closet and live the life that they claim they, live, they have. I can't hear nobody say nothing. Touch the neighbor said, time out for this phony Christian mess. I need to walk in power and authority. Why y'all ain't saying nothing? Clap your hands and give God glory. We talk about, I want to go back to the old days. Do y'all know what the old days of the old church required? It required sacrifice. Don't nobody want to sacrifice no more. You don't even want to turn to put that fork down that's in your mouth. I can't hear nobody. You don't even want to turn to Plato. It requires sacrifice to get power. Not just once a year in January, everybody, every, every church wants to fast in January, but you live like hell the rest of the 11 months. What good is your fasting the first of the year if you don't live it the rest of the year? New Year's resolution. Just do it. Stop lying. I'm going to work out. You work out three weeks of the first of the year. Then that treadmill you went and bought becomes a clothes rack. Oh, y'all ain't. So the apostolic dimension, therefore, is a measure. Everybody say a measure of the apostolic anointing. That is flowing through an individual believer or a corporate assembly. I need you to understand, the ministry gift of the apostle has been given to the church to release an apostolic dimension to all believers. When we receive the ministry of an apostle, we will receive the apostolic dimension. Touch your neighbor said, you're up under an apostle now. Come on here. Touch your neighbor said, you are receiving a measure of the apostolic dimension that is coming from the head and flowing to the body. Why y'all not saying nothing? Now, this does not make everyone an apostle. Just because you receive a, di a dimension, you receive apostolic dimension, it doesn't make you an apostle. When we receive the ministry, we will receive the apostolic dimension. Again, this does not make everyone an apostle, but it releases believers to be apostolic. There's a difference. It releases you to be apostolic, not an apostle. When a church becomes apostolic, hear me, when a church becomes apostolic, it will see breakthroughs that were not possible before. You hear what I said? I believe I said it again, Brother Bobby. When a church becomes apostolic, 
it will see breakthroughs that were not possible before. There will be an ability to do things that previously could not have been done. How many can say since you've been up under this ministry, you have received some levels of breakthrough in your own life? Come on, raise them hands. Don't be sitting up here being shy. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, since I've been on the apostolic anointing, since I've been up under this apostle, I have received some breakthroughs in my life that I previously did not get up under pastor. This is because the apostolic grace that is released and received through apostolic ministry. Grace gives us an ability to accomplish what we have been called and sent to do. Churches will usually reflect the strength of its pastors because the church receives its dimension from its leader. really need to check what kind of leader you sit upon. All right? Now, as I told you before, apostles, they can be very, they're very confrontational. Uh, it's, it's black or white, ain't no shades of gray. Uh, they, they are like coaches. They are like drill sergeants. They don't, they don't take excuses. I hate excuses. I hate lying. You know, just, just, tell, just be straight up. If you can't do it, just say, I ain't going to do it. confrontational uh, and apostles they challenge your thinking they challenge you and a lot of people don't like to be challenged and because you are challenged it makes you run okay and so what I'm trying to do here at this house is raise up soldiers sons and daughters soldiers of the kingdom of God because as I said, when you were in the world, you wasn't no punk. Now you got in church, you can't take nothing. Did anybody hear me? It's like once you got saved, you become a punk. Touch your neighbor said, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And let me tell y'all something. If you've ever gone through the army or any type of, where's Carol? Is she not here? Is she here? Did they just, uh, anybody been in the army in here? Oh, Alicia. Can you come here, bro? first day. I mean, uh, it go through boot camp or whatever, something like that. Okay. Uh, tell us, just give us a, a brief synopsis of what happens, what boot camp is like. Uh, so basically you go in, they give you a uniform, they give you
then basically when you go in, I mean, it's, it's, you eat when they want you to eat, you eat. Matter of fact, you usually have about eight minutes to eat your food. You don't even. <laughs> then after that, it's basically everything is about physical training. So it's training your mind. It's training your body. It's training everything to think the way they want you to think. And if you choose to hold on to what you want to hold on, it's extra duty. So basically, um, the more and more you're, the longer you're in basic training, the more you kind of, you know, get in the groove of it. But if you choose to fight it, you're going to get dropped more. Um, you're basically going to, you clean it more. You're clean up their boots. You know what I mean? They say what they want to say. Do what you want to do. Um, and then basically, basic training, you don't even get out until you pass the minimum requirements, which is so many push-ups, so many sit-ups, it's, it's uh, so many runs, and then you actually have a 12, 13-mile run, a walk that you have to walk with your full uniform on, with the backpack. Some of us had to uh, carry a 50-cal where you're actually walking that weapon through, and until you finish that, you don't pass. And that's before you ever go to AIT where you learn your MOS. So before you ever learn what you're going to... Advanced, it's advanced individual training. So basically, when you go into the military, you sign up for a particular thing you're going to do. So when I went in, I was a fueler, an army fueler, fueling uh, the helicopters and trucks and stuff. You don't even learn that in basic training. Basic training is solely learning. Exact, they're breaking anything civilian off. They're breaking your wheel is basically what it is. They break all of your wheel that you're going to do exactly what they want you to do, how they want you to do it, when you want, want you to do it. So basically, once you go into AIT, I mean, you have their way of thinking that they now can add uh, the advanced individual training for you. A lot of y'all still stuck in basic training because you don't want to let go of the deeds of the flesh. You will never make it to AIT, am I right? Come on here, until you make it through basic training. Why y'all not saying nothing? So the thing is, did you really accept Jesus Christ? When you got saved, you say you got saved. Somebody brought you up to the altar. You didn't bring yourself. Somebody brought you and made you get saved. And then you, as soon as you slid up, you slid back. So were you really saved? Because if we're really saved, then we're going to act like it. We're going to get up under some good teaching to help us walk this thing out. And you're going to be ready to let go of this stuff. See, the more I kept coming to, see, I come out the Baptist church, uh, Zion Chapel, missionary, Baptist church, Reverend L.L. Gardner was the pastor. Got saved, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all put this on y'all obituaries when you die, 
got saved at an early age. But you live like hell all your life. Mama Gant said, she said when, when she was growing up in the Church of God in Christ, she said, I got saved every Sunday because they scared the hell out of me. But there comes a point when you really accept Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm talking about for real. Now, I had accepted him in the Baptist Church, but there was no training to teach me what salvation was about. What am I supposed to do with this salvation? And salvation ain't just it. Salvation just helps me get in the door. But there's a whole nother realm when I walk in that door. There's a whole new way of living and thinking that I have to be processed. Come on here. Come on, just like she said in the army. There's a, I got to be detoxed, be desensitized to, from the things of this world. I can't hear nobody say nothing. And be reprogrammed to kingdom living. Jesus came in to usher in a kingdom. Salvation was just the door to get into the kingdom. But there's a whole new realm that we got to enter into. A lot of y'all just stuck at the cross. Y'all still standing there. Sing that song. At the cross. At the come, come from that cross and let's keep moving. Jesus ain't on the cross no more. He has, he has been, he's been risen from the dead. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, get from under that cross. Come on, it's time to move on. You can't stay stuck at the cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Jesus was like, my God, I've risen. Sing me a happy song. Touch your neighbor and say, Jesus is no longer at the cross. He's gotten up from the grave. It's time to move. It's time to live. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to live. It's time to live kingdom. So Jesus came in the earth to usher in a new kingdom, and that's the culture of the kingdom that we're supposed to perpetuate in this world. There's a whole new set of rules I got to learn when I come into kingdom living. There's a certain way that I carry myself in the kingdom. There's a certain way that I operate in the kingdom. I don't let the kingdom of this world influence me. I influence it. Y'all already know that Satan has already been judged. So why would I want to serve or participate with someone who's already been judged? Touch your neighbor says Satan has already been judged. His fate is sealed. So why am I still participating in someone that's already judged and I already know his end? His end is hell. And they not read your Bible in Revelation. Not only hell, but hell will be thrown into the it because hell will be thrown into the lake of fire. Touch your neighbor and say, I've been told to go there, but I ain't going. 
Now look at your neighbor and tell them, I've been told to go there, but it ain't for me. Hell is a prepared place for a prepared people who has reservations for there, but I ain't the one. My reservation has been revoked. I can't hear nobody say nothing. I've made reservations in heaven. I can't hear nobody say nothing. Why y'all not talking about it? Ask your neighbor, do, where is your reservations? Where, where are they? Are they in hell? Or in the, yeah, let me tell y'all. Let me tell you. And there's a doctrine in the body of Christ that said hell is not real. But let me, whoop, 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 news alert, flash news alert. Hell is real. Some of you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm having hell on earth. Well, baby, die. When you die, when you die, there's another, there's another hell with fire. And the Bible says there's going to be gnashings of teeth. Nobody wants to talk about hell no more because y'all want to look at God. He, he's such a loving God. He's a loving God. He's a loving God. God doesn't cause evil. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. He don't judge nobody. We, we up under grace. Let me tell you something. God is a God of, he's a God of order. He's a God of love, but there's also, if you read the Old Testament, there's another side of God that y'all skip over. He's a God of judgment. And he judges sin. And if you reject his son, Jesus Christ, in hell, will you lift up your eyes? Well, there are a lot of hypocrites in the church, and I don't, know, I don't trust folks in the church. Well, let me tell you, as I always say, you go to that job every day with a bunch of hypocrites on that job. You sit and eat with hypocrites on that job. You don't stop going to work. Where y'all at? Everybody in the church fake. Well, you might be fake because you came and joined a fake church. Law of importation. Apostolic anointing is transferable. Everybody say the apostolic anointing is transferable. Transmitted from one person to another. When God anoints someone, there's a measure of grace downloaded into that person's life. That person is now a container. And since I have this apostolic Impartation that's transferable. I now become a container. That comes with miracles, signs, and wonders, which will be released. So the Lord uses men and women of his, of his choosing to pour out his anointing into the earth. Everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. Let me just, let me, let me skip that. Let me go here. I had to get that out because now I'm going to sleep. And I said, well, what you been doing? Lock it so it don't be running now. <laughs> Thank you. Can y'all see? Well, they told me my black is gone. I don't know why. Can y'all see blue? Anything blue? 
think blue would be better? Well, I need to find my black one. Trying to kill me. Uh, so again, I said earlier that if you are born again in Jesus Christ, according to the word of God, you not only become a Christian, you become an apostolic one as well. Are we clear on that? Well, it may be that you eventually join this or that church or a doctrinal camp after you were saved. In reality, none of that matters because all of Christians begin their life in Jesus Christ apostolically. For those of you who are called to by God to be uh, to apostleship, this work will strengthen you. Amen. So whenever believers say they want to return back, as I just said a few minutes ago, they want to return back to the early church, you, what you are saying is, I want to go back to the foundation, which is apostleship. Amen? All who are born again in Jesus Christ entered his body apostolically. Everybody say apostolically. Will you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 26, verses 18. Acts 26, 18. I want you to understand that this is the, whoo, the foundation uh, of the apostolic, what it consists of. When you have it, say amen. Acts 26, 18 says, to open what? Their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to what? And from the power of Satan to who? That they may receive forgiveness of what? And an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. So the goal of Acts 26 and 18, first, everybody write this down. Can you see that? Y'all can't see? It's not clear? It's revelation. You got black? Let me see black. They said, brother, was you planning on teaching today? just had Thanksgiving in you. Natasha, let me write this over again so you can see. Stacy, remind me to give you your... Oh, that's pretty. So the goal of Acts, number one, is what? Number two. Easy. Write this down. Number two, so the goal of Acts 26 and 18, number one is what? How did you get revelation? What does the scripture say? To open their eyes 
in order for them to turn from darkness to light. Touch your neighbor said, Revelation. Revelation. They had to, the word of God had to be revealed to them for them to come out of darkness to light. That's why, let me tell you, the, uh, they call it the kingdom of darkness. Let me tell you again, as I told you before in another teaching that I've taught, the kingdom of darkness means ignorance. So Satan keeps his subjects in ignorance. The more ignorant you are, the more knowledge you don't have, the more he can manipulate you. That's why for black people, they always said, if you want to keep something from black people, put it in the book because they ain't going to read it. Number three, y'all don't talk about this no more in the church. Number three, the goal of Acts 26 and 18, if y'all going to figure this out. What? So what are the three goals for Acts 26 and 18? Come on, let's read Acts 28 again, 26, 18 again. It says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. Everybody say revelation. revelation. And from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin. Everybody say transformation. And an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. Everybody say sanctification. So the goal of Acts 26 and 18 is Revelation, transformation, sanctification, all right? There are a lot of people that do not believe doctrinally. Um, they have been taught to reject apostles. Apostles have been done away with. But if that were the case, then we need to take what y'all said at the beginning that I said that Jesus Christ is the chief what? So then we need to take that title off of him because if he's the head and we are the body and he's the chief apostle, then that means apostleship never ended when the disciples, when the disciples who turned into the apostles when they died. What did the Bible say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, 28? What did it say? And gave some apostles, some, some teachers. What did Ephesians 4 and 11 say? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Other four wouldn't have a job if it were not for So this doctrine that is out there, we're going to get to it in a minute, that says apostleship is done away and we no longer uh, need apostles, I'm going to tell you where that came from. It came out of the Catholic church that we have adopted into the body of Christ. As I said, a lot of this stuff that we see in the body of Christ comes from Catholicism.
y'all see all this stuff? We got to wearing these rings now, these bishop rings and these shirts. You know, I, and let me tell you, ain't nothing wrong with wearing this shirt, but when you caught up in the shirts, you got all this Catholic regalia on. I mean, and you and, and, and bishop, let me tell y'all something. In the church of God in Christ, I don't know about the about the uh, full gospel Baptist, but I will tell you, in the church of God in Christ, those robes, shirts, chains. Rings, people will spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars just to become a bishop. Ain't lying. You could spend a year's salary dressing up to become a bishop. Think about it. That's, that's the goal in the church, the highest office in the church. So you think is a bishop. Ask one of them bishop people that just got ordained in this year's uh, Grand Old Church of God in Christ uh, how much they spent to get that robe, all that stuff they got. And guess where you got to go get it? Because when I needed, when I lost my cross for the Church of God in Christ, guess where I had to go? I had to go to the Catholic store to get my cross. kingdom of light represents knowledge. Jesus Christ. Everybody say kingdom of darkness equals ignorance. Kingdom of light equals knowledge. Alright? There is I think I talked about this a little bit but uh, I didn't talk about it in depth, where the church has become bishop church, where the church is now led by bishops. First of all, let me tell you this. Apostles are the ones that set bishops in the... <laughs> the apostles set the bishop to oversee their work. Lord, have mercy. Did y'all hear what I said? I said the apostles set the bishop over the work they have created. So there is a to give you a better Lord, my time is up already. Well, I got to go. Y'all ready to go? Somebody ain't said no. Other people like. <laughs> five more minutes. Five more minutes. That's five ten. All right. That's fifteen. All right. Don't raise your hand no more. Uh, Twenty. Uh, all right. I'll stop until the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost. But I got to, I, I can't stop right there. So, where this where this church has been now led by bishops, let me tell you where this came from. Uh, there is a 
take my word for it. For it. Um, you can go on Google while I'm teaching and look it up yourself. Vatican II dogmatic constitution. Vatican, look it up, uh, dogmatic constitution of divine revelation, Lord Jesus. Look it up. Google it. Just take my word for it. I looked it up myself because everything that's in a book, I still want to research it. And let me tell you something. And just because I say it, don't take it as gold. Go and research it yourself. All right? So there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, 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 a constitution, again, called the Vatican II, Dogmatic Constitution of Divine Revelation. Briefly, it, it, it decreed that apostles were no longer necessary because the church was born and the bishops were to take over. So essentially, when you hear the phrase, listen, apostolic succession, write this down. What did I say? When you hear that phrase, that's what this means. The apostles have been done away with, and they have given it to the bishops. All right? I want you to understand that is a bald-faced lie. But let me keep on reading. Uh, apostolic succession, this is what it meant. The term and its procedures are the displacement ideology that decanonized apostleship, although it birthed the church, containing that the founding office of God's kingdom and church died out and appointed the bishops to assume their role. So when you hear the phrase in the future, know that it maintains apostles gave way to bishops, despite the office never being abolished in scripture. You never read in scripture that apostles have been done away with. The Catholic people have come up with this dogmatic divine revelation. Touch your neighbor said new doctrine. And then we have adopted let me tell y'all something. There's so much in the body of Christ that we have adopted that God never ordained. That's why I'm telling you, this house has got to go back to the book of Acts. Our house will be modeled as the book of Acts, not by what the bishops over there at the Vatican say. This is the way the church is supposed to be designed in the book of Acts. I wish I had a church. Here we go. So when you hear the phrase in the future, know that it maintains apostles gave way to bishops, despite the office never being abolished in scripture. No one has ever been able to say how or when God replaced apostleship with the bishopric. Yet stubbornly, the error has been and continues to be shoveled as a divine edict with nothing more supporting it than the will of man, not the will of God. Although no sacred text today proves this conclusion came from 
gone. It is still treated as the gospel. That's how, um, what was that man that I told y'all about? Um, Luther. Martin Luther. Martin Luther, because that Pope, Pope Leo, was telling the church that if you help build the cathedral, I'll give you if you if you help if you pay money, you get a leave you get a you get a furlough from hell. You go into purgatory, and uh, it reduces your time if you pay some money to help build the church. And this became a doctrine in the church, and people started. Because they didn't read because the bishops in the church, the popes in the church control the church and they control what the people learn in the church. Such so a neighbor says slavery. And you got a lot of modern day slavery in the church where the preacher controls what you learn. And you won't read and study for yourself. are bamboozled. That's how all these cults get started because you take what the preachers say as gold and you don't go and research it yourself and that's how you get hoodwink and the devil tricks you. I wish I had such a neighbor say, don't, I, such a neighbor said, we're not going to have dumb Christians at this house. Such a neighbor said, we're not going to have dumb idiots in this house. Uh, Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, touch your neighbor and say, we're not going to have dumb Christians in this house. You're going to be well educated. I can't hear nobody say nothing. You're going to be well educated on what the Bible really says and what Jesus really wants for his church. That's why when you get in the army, you learn all this crap from the world. When you get in the army, they have got to tear you They will tear you down. They have to deprogram you from civilian life. When you come into the kingdom of God, we have got to deprogram you from civilian life. You are no longer a civilian. You become a soldier in the army of the Lord. You become a kingdom citizen. You got to think, act like a kingdom citizen. I can't drink and hoe and say I'm a kingdom citizen. I can't shack and do everything I want to and say that I'm a kingdom citizen. I can't steal. I can't lie and call myself a kingdom citizen. I can't sleep with somebody, Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Jane. I can't do that and call myself a king. Why y'all not talking back to me? And call myself a kingdom citizen. I can't lie on my taxes and claim somebody else's child that ain't even mine. On my, come on here. If I'm a kingdom citizen, I walk in truth because I serve the God of truth. Why y'all not saying nothing? I am sanctified. I am set apart for the master's use. Everybody holler back at your boy. Sanctification. It's too hard to live safe. It ain't hard. our podcast today. If you would like more information about our ministry, or if you would like to sow a seed, visit us 
at www.twfcdallas.org.